Morning, and welcome to Music to My Beers. We were not allowed in the studio last week because of uh, some, some COVID-related stuff, so we thought, how can we still do a show and get around the rules of being in the studio? So, we're doing Music to My Beers this week from my backyard next to the pool, which is a perfect weekend for it. We can be socially distanced and uh, be outdoors, and I- I've heard uh, the UV light kills that sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, there's enough chlorine in my pool that you can pee in there, too, it'd pretty much be fine. But <laughs> it's also really funny, because uh, I've, I've always you know, had a dream since, since I bought the place of having my neighbors hear me do a show from the backyard and be like, what, what is that guy doing over there? So <laughs> so here we are. And uh, one, thank you for driving across town, Zachary. Yeah, totally. And we got a lot to talk about, though, because since we've last done the show, there have been uh, numerous press releases about some uh, brand-new releases we have to get excited about and reason to start looking forward to, to the fall. Yeah, some of our favorite breweries have some stuff coming out. So Super exciting, and we're excited to have you along with you as we broadcast poolside. <laughs> we should make this an <laughs> annual event. Or we maybe like, next summer we'll just do it for the entire summer. Be like, here we are poolside studio that i do a couple bottle shares maybe yeah absolutely yeah yeah we'll get real crazy what are they gonna do tell us we can't we're in my (laughs) house we can do whatever we want there are no rules michiana's first best and only show dedicated to craft beer and drinking music cool brews hot tunes this is music to my beers music to my beers on real rock 103.9 the bear Music to my beers, Real Rock 1039 The Bear, hanging out with you poolside. I am Zach Miller alongside Warren Cluck. We're at Warren's house today. Yeah, they said you couldn't be in the studio this week because of social distancing. So we were like, all right, cool. We'll still do the show. We'll just do it from my backyard. And here we are, fun in the sun, two two fancy boys having crispy, crispy boys. Yeah, beautiful day out. And we've got uh, the all-day IPA from Founders, which thank you so much for providing today. Oh, no problem. Don't worry about it. Is this your go-to? Uh, the yeah, there's, there's, it, it's it's fun because you can, you know, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit stiffer. Mm-hmm. Than a uh, like a Bud Light, Coors Light, but you can still just cruise at them all day. So, and you can't beat the price point. I'm, sometimes I feel cheap, so I'm like, hey, why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, and you get a uh, pretty good bang for your buck too. Yeah, the, yeah. And I, and Fifteen it, in a pack, and it's nice and hoppy. It's just it's one of those classic like that. And two, I could probably live off, off all day and two hearted if I had to. Uh, yeah. Since since you and I have been in the studio last, we've had a couple of big announcements. We'll get to one of them a little bit later, but we do want to take a couple of segments here and break down the uh, the new lineup for Goose Island's Bourbon County Stout 2020. Yeah. And we, okay, so last year it was released on Black Friday, right? Yeah. Are they planning on releasing it on Black Friday this year? So or? far, I that's 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 what I've heard, but they they haven't released any details as far as how's the release going to work with Prop Day and uh, I've I've already read some things about Vinnie's in Chicago how they're trying to figure out how they could do it because you know you get lines out the door for blocks and blocks, but now they need to have people six feet apart so that line's going to seem like it goes on for you know half the city. You got to go to Prop Day last year. I did. Not about that. I'm hoping to go this year. And if you've never been to Prop Day, uh, Goose Island typically starts the online entries for the lottery sometime early October, late September. So I start paying real close attention to their Twitter feed and set the alerts to on right around like first, second week of September so I don't miss it because typically how it works is you've got six days you can enter in your email address, your wife's email address and at the end of that they, they do a random drawing and last year my wife was was picked and I was like oh awesome that means I get to go right yeah. <laughs> so I was on my best behavior for a few weeks I wouldn't lose my spot take me yeah and the great thing is uh, it's, on a, it's on a Sunday 
uh, when they do a prop day release, and uh, I think I got the next week off, so I'm hoping like. Eh, stay in Chicago, do it up, because coming back that Monday is really rough. So you get to try like all the different um, styles, like the different variants and stuff they have from 20, 2020, or how does it work? Yeah, the, the entire lineup's up for grabs. They have some special, uh, like their only, you can taste prop before you have to open your own. Oh. Yeah, you roll in, they give you a tasting glass and I think six or eight uh, wood chips that you use for tastings, and then they've got food pairings and some other stuff. But, you know, it's it's it very much in Dark Lord, uh, the way that they'll release, like, and they'll tap a keg of this real quick. They've got a couple of kegs of this special stuff laying around or, you know, prop from a couple of years ago. So it's it's really, really fun. And they shut down all the area in front of the, the brewery. But this year, I'm really excited. And, like, you and I have watched this lineup grow from, like, three or four different beers the course of a year. Like, the first few years it was released here locally, all you could get was coffee, uh bourbon barrel you could get the yeah. coffee the barley wine and this the and the regular yeah and it was in uh 12 ounce bottles before they made the, the switch to the 16.9 yeah and it looks their own little special it's not a not a deuce deucer but it's also uh, it's not a it's not a 750 milliliter but it's shareable right yeah and yeah. the uh it's shareable but it's also not shareable <laughs> like i always found that dark lord is absolutely you have to share it i don't think we were laughing over the weekend i don't think in my entire life i've taken down a single bottle of that by myself ever we should do it. <laughs> Just dome it. <laughs> for a party sometime. I don't know. Uh, one of the things they do that, that it's, it's a lot of fun if you're a big fan and you go in every year is they take the, uh, they alter a little bit every one, every year, a little a little different variation on the the original recipe. And this year, they're, they're aging it in a blend of Heaven Hill Wild Turkey and Buffalo Trace Barrels. And they're Ooh. saying that we're supposed to get notes of chocolate, vanilla, tobacco, and caramel. And they're trying to get it sort of a throwback to when the, the very first couple of years of uh, Bourbon County Stout. So the the it was incepted, or the idea of it was incepted here in South Bend. We read the yep. book. Um, now, it was a Booker, Booker uh, note. Yeah. And... He gave him Jim Beam barrels, or yeah, who did he give it, Greg uh, Hall? Yeah, he gave Greg Hall Jim Beam barrels. Okay, and then that was the uh, that was the way it was it was conceived. If you ever read the book, we've talked about it on the show the Bourbon County Stout, or Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out by yeah. Josh Knoll from Chicago, uh, the Tribune. He gives a really great depiction, but it's fun because it's the uh, the back room of LaSalle Kitchen and Tavern upstairs, and you That's see so pictures, awesome. and there are staff members that still work there that are in those pictures that were here back in '96 when they first had the idea. Wow! So every year they change it a little bit, but it's still pretty much. I've never. I, I don't remember a year of Bourbon County where they ever thought that the uh, the uh, regular was was anything less than stellar. You yeah, know, it's your classic barrel aged flagship beer. Well, I just wonder why they're going to uh, a couple a blend of barrels now as opposed to just going to Jim Beam and being like, "Hey, can we have your barrels?" What, what would be their reasoning for that? You think uh, the only thing I could think of is that with you know the the popula- the widespread popularity of bourbon barrel aging, every brewery either has a, a bourbon barrel program or they're working on it. But now there's a huge demand for all this bourbon. Oh yeah, and I like I just among my friends, like I, I don't know how enough bourbon is consumed in this country to make enough empty barrels <laughs> to go around for all these barrel aging programs. But I mean that's got to be it, or they're just they're you know trying to see what the, the next phase of the barrel aging is. They're like, all right, well it's been aged in this barrel. What if we do it in a few different barrels? Barrels, oh yeah, and blend it together, see how it works. But uh, it's going to be hot, it's going to be heavy and boozy, and, and, I, and I can't wait. And, I'm excited for that. Yeah, why don't you run down the second one because this one is, is new to the lineup this year. The the Kentucky Fog Stout, which they are saying is a blend of Earl Grey and black tea from uh, Kilogram Tea, which kind of is a, a different take on that coffee blend. I know that they used um, the the 
coffee shop, and I'm blanking on the name. It starts with an I. Intelligentsia. Intelligentsia. Gentsia. Yeah, yeah. yeah, from Chicago. But this sounds interesting because it's got a, it's got some of that uh, tea flavor in it, and I'm. You know, and, and a little bit of honey too. So yeah, every year interesting. Every year for the last three or four, they've been releasing those one like those one off where like you'll see it one year and you won't see it again. I'm thinking this might be one of those. This is either going to be really, really, uh, I don't, like not classic, but sort of understated and, and really enjoyable, or it's just going to you know totally miss the mark. But I'd, I, you know, I'd be interested to see how well how well the uh, the tea rolls. The next one in the lineup. And uh, we've got oh. Kentucky Fog. We got the standard is the Bourbon County Special Number Four Stout. Mm-hmm. It's an oatmeal stout version. Oh, whoa! That's a game changer. Yeah. What's the? Uh, it's the Samuel Smith is the OG oatmeal stout, the, the yeah. first one that we ever got our hands on. And I love that one. I never understood why they went through the pain and the fanny of releasing an organic version. Oh yeah, no, it's the organic chocolate, right? That they use, or I, I, all I saw is there's the, <laughs> there's the regular, then there's the organic. I'm like, who, does anybody really care? I mean, by, by the time you drink it, it, it doesn't really matter. No, I I don't know. I, I couldn't tell the difference between any of. I couldn't tell the difference between or, an organic uh, chocolate bar or organic oatmeal. Um, I'm kind of I'm excited for that because I feel like the oatmeal uh, blends a little or adds a little. Uh, Featheriness on your tongue, like it's a little more smooth, but it sits kind of heavy. And I'm trying to think, like, not a lot of places do the oatmeal stout. They don't anymore. Yeah, and uh, it's it's probably going to add a lot to the texture, but also they're adding coffee and and maple as well. So to me, that almost sounds like breakfast. Like you know, you get your coffee, you got your oatmeal with your syrup on it, and hey, this is uh, you know put a little bit of honey out there. There's breakfast. Yeah, and they, and they bring back the intelligentsia, so they yeah. must have a pretty good relationship with them. Dude, one thing that's frustrating with the Bourbon County lineup, as as people who live about 90 miles from Chicago, is you know obviously you can get this stuff. All these variations, all these variants are available all over the place in Chicago, and then they're available elsewhere, like New York City, out in Phoenix, Arizona. LA. Yeah, but trying to you know, and I like to collect the whole set just so I can kind of go through the entire gamut and see what's what and what I like and what ones were hit or miss but it's so hard to do like last year there were so many very variants for bourbon county stout that it took me three different three different trips different places you know out of town and trades and uh, and swapping people to to manage to collect the whole set i think i'm still down one i think uh was it a couple years ago you were in arizona you actually got the whole set did you have to ship it back here yeah i shipped it back here (laughs) and uh you and i i think for the uh for the christmas show this year took down that that reserve that that uh wooden box one that was good that was the last of the uh, last of that year i had left and uh the next one you can go ahead and slam this one home because carmilla i'm gonna take carmilla carmilla Carmilla? wow um it's aged in larceny weeded bourbon barrels with apple, cinnamon, and caramel flavoring. Um, it's going to re- resemble apple crisp, which I'm never, never wild about that. I don't know. Um, it, it'll seem like a fall flavor, but it almost I feel like it's going to be a little too late in the season to enjoy that. Man. And maybe you just save it for the next year. Yeah, and they had a wheat wine fl- uh, variant a couple of years ago that I remember was, was hyped real hard. I loved it. I didn't. Other than you, I don't know anybody who, who thought it was like a home run. <laughs> I had it up at LaSalle Kitchen and Tavern. They had a keg on tap, and I remember thinking, "Man, this is." There was just something different about it. Different enough that it made me go, "I wish I could find a bottle of this because I would hold on to it and I'd, I'd want to try it." You know, four or five years down the road and just see um, what it tastes like. But I don't know. A little bit of apple and brandy might taste like uh, see a uh, bush bush latte apple. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of those last weekend. Horrible. Really? Awful, dude. Have you had one? No, I have not yet. It, Is it worth a pickup? No. you got to find somebody who bought a case already and has okay. one or two left. 
because if, if you buy it and you find out it's not really your jam, you're going to be like, what, what am I, who am I going to pawn these off on? going to donate it to somewhere. A homeless shelter. <laughs> right. They take booze? Yeah. Another reason we want to do this show is because a lot of beer news is starting to back, we're getting a backlog of things we got to talk about. So we decided, let's just do the show in my backyard and get through some of this news because a lot of this is really exciting stuff. And you and I have been starved for beer excitement for the last couple of months now. Oh, man, have we ever? I, I've really wanted to get in, into trying new beers. I've honestly really wanted to go out and have an event somewhere sometime. We had a lot of fun at Westwind a couple of weeks ago. Or was that like a month ago now that we were out at Westwind Brewery in Elkhart? It was about a month, yeah. So just different events like that. And I know all of our beer fests and all that fun stuff got canceled. But the, the good thing is is that we've got all these breweries that are now popping out new stuff. And, and they're they're changing stuff up. And we'll get to the, the other news later about uh, what one of our favorite breweries is doing. But we were talking about... Prop and, and uh, Goose Island's Bourbon County release, which is happening, hopefully, fingers crossed, this Black Friday. Yeah, I think the I think the release is going to happen. I think it's going to be the distribution is going to be solid, you know, because stores on a on a on a vendor by vendor basis can maintain, you know, masks and social distancing. It's a prop day that I'm, you know, man, that'd be a great getaway. But now that I'm already wanting to go in August, I'm probably not going to win tickets at all. But we just broke down the first four different variants in the lineup for this year, and then Zach's going to go ahead and give us that. Uh, one of the uh, more exciting, I think, in every year. This one is this is huge, and I know that we've had. Um, I think I've had a couple of different variations of the proprietor's uh, Bourbon County Stout. You got a, you gave me one, and I I want to say it was a banana bread flavor, or it had like hints of banana, some of the nuts. Yeah, and, I think it was last year's, wasn't it? Yeah, it was twenty nineteen. Yeah. One of the Thank fun you. things you come. Oh, dude, no problem. <laughs> one of the things that uh, that it's fun with the proprietor series. Every year they take a, a different a, a recipe from a different brewer in the uh, in the Goose Island family. And this year's brewer is back. Uh, her first prop recipe was twenty sixteen. Yeah. And uh, her her recipe was selected again. I, I'm excited because just reading about I don't, I'm probably going to butcher this name, but the Italian frozen treats. Spumoni? Spumoni? Very good. All right. It's, uh, I guess, a tricolor dessert, and I'm going to have to like look at a picture of this to understand what I'm going for here, but it has nuts and candied fruit between the layers of pistachio, uh, cherry, and chocolate. Yeah, you can find Spumoni-flavored ice cream or frozen yogurt and uh, gelato. Mm-hmm. That's at Martin's? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's not the most popular flavor of the world, but a lot of places have it. If you go to like, a Froyo joint, I'm sure you can get your hands on it, but... The flavor profile alone, like pistachio, it's a great ice cream. You know, when you're a kid, you're like, pistachio, gross. But the older you get, you realize some of the nuances of the flavor. Oh, yeah. Like, what the I was, good pistachios, though. Sometimes you'll get the off, yeah, off flavor. Yeah, no, no, not, <laughs> not the burnt ones at the bottom of the bag. But uh, I, I think this is an interesting flavor profile to go for. And I've found so, so far, every year of proprietors I've had, save for 2015 when they didn't release it, is uh, man, does it age well? It ages fantastic, yeah. and a lot of flavors and some stouts will fall off after time. And some of them, even the Bourbon County ones, do. But prop for whatever reason is just—it's a thick boy to the end. I love how she came up with the concept of it because um, she she said that she got the flavor and it just appeared to her in her dreams. Could you imagine having that kind of a dream and waking up and being like? I need to brew this beer that I've been thinking about. Yeah, it's like that old classic rock story where Keith Richards woke up in the middle of the night, wrote down the riff for satisfaction, fell back asleep, woke up, didn't remember what he did, looked down, saw the riff, and the rest is history. Oh, my gosh. Dude. The uh, the next one in the lineup that, that we're looking forward to in 2020 when uh, November rolls around is the Birthday Bourbon County Stout. Hmm. And Old Forester releases every year on the founder George Garvin Brown's birthday a special birthday bourbon release. Oh. The bourbon's chosen from 11-year-old barrels. All the bourbon is picked from one specific for one specific production day, and they're going to age it in those barrels for a year. 
and they're going to add some berries, some maple, chocolate, and vanilla notes. Yum. That sounds delicious. Yeah, and and it, I don't know if that's going to be one, because every year they do the uh, the proprietor's day. There's the proprietor's variant you get, but then there are also typically two more. Last year it was the double barrel. Which oh, was the, that's uh, right. The, and that was a last minute. Like, no one knew it was going to be in your proprietor's day pack until you got there, and oh my gosh. Uh, and the other one, I think, was the aged in the Heaven Hill barrels. Mm. But there are a couple different ones you can only get at Prop Date. I'm wondering if this is going to be one of those. So this is like a surprise. You can get it. You get it with like the two bottles that you get. So yeah, you get three a, bottles total. Yeah, because you you buy you get your proprietors and then you get whatever the two specials are. Oh, okay, so gotcha. Well, there were three or four bottles per allotment. Nice, and that's not bad. Like ticket prices are pretty relatively. I mean, decent, right? It's not. It's not as big as Dark Lord Day. After buying Dark Lord tickets, everything is reasonable. <laughs> I was going to say. So the next one we have on the list is the anniversary uh, stout, celebrating its ten-year anniversary of a Black Friday release. So has it only been around for ten years? For, uh, the Black Friday release. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, it started being okay. a thing because it, remember for the first. I think for the first few years they did it. It was a local only. I mean, at the tap room distribution, and it's kind of fanned out from there. I might have to go back and read that book because there's, I read it quick on vacation, and, <laughs> and I didn't skim through it, but like I just read it so fast. But uh, huh, interesting. That's um, it's it's aged for two years in the Weller twelve barrels and. They're typically aged in four- to five-year-old barrels, the older barrels with extra year of aging. I don't know. Dried fruit, bourbon, chocolate, vanilla. I mean... These all sound like home runs. Uh, oh, it says most likely to be the strongest beer of the lineup. Okay, I'm down. Yeah. the uh, I think last year, because the, the double barrel, I think, was the one they had aged in two-year in two year barrels, or it aged for two years, and that was vastly stronger than the rest of the lineup. Clocks in at 18%? Yeah, or? so overall, what do you think? Are there any you're looking forward to in particular? Um, well, the one that you were just talking about, that birthday Bourbon County Stout, and I don't know, I guess, you know, I was kind of harping on it a, a little bit earlier, but that Carmella Ale, the, the wheat wine, I've liked the wheat wine in the past, and and that to me is just always a unique flavor, and a color, too, because it's the only one I think you can see through of yeah, the bourbons. Yeah, like last year, the, I think it's the Mon Cherie. Oh. It was kind of like the one that everyone sort of poo-pooed at the at prop day, and, and the untapped reviews were unfavorable. A lot of people on Facebook said they didn't like it, but I got up to the booth and tasted it, and it was very cherry-forward, mm. and it tastes like a chocolate cherry. I, I thought it was excellent, but I, I was like, that to me was the sleeper of last year, but I think that apple, the apple one is going to be, the Carmel is going to be fantastic. And I think when I go home, what I'm actually going to do is take a look in my basement and see what I've still got from the Bourbon County because I peeled through quite a bit. And so I just want to see what I've got, and then I can compare and contrast. Like, okay, this this is the flavor that I want to try this year, try to get a hold of. As long as we don't get, like, a Northwoods this year. Like, oh. Because I got that, that what was it, 2017, I think? <sighs> that, that along with Lizard of Cos from Founders, are what made me realize I don't like blueberry stouts at all. I steer clear from blueberry sours, like... It just it doesn't work for me. But as long as I like them all just decent enough, like I'm, I'm usually happy. It's just it's really fun to see what they do. And I know as the years go by, it's not as big a deal as it used to be, but it still uh, definitely kind of kicks off our fall beer release schedule. So yes, there are our thoughts on Bourbon County's uh, 2020 uh, lineup. A thinly veiled reason to talk about more alcohol. Let's take our beers to the movie with music to my beers, B movie. So here we are. Yeah. If you're new to the program, we like to carve out this corner of the show to uh, change, to do a little bit of zigzag and talk about some uh, some movies. And we pair movies and beers with a rating system and. 
a lot of beers means it's either a bad movie or you really want to get drunk when you have it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody's really keeping score of how we work this, but anyhow, no. this, is a, this is a segment Zach and I have dubbed the B movie. And we try to think of pool movies, and the only pool movie that came to mind was uh, Wild Things from the mid '90s. Oh, because there's that pool scene that every adolescent man knew about back then. I remember that one from HBO late nights. But we thought let's clean it up, and we'll do uh, the 1986 Rodney Dangerfield classic Back to School because he teaches uh, the Triple Lindy dive, and they dive into a pool. That's as close as we could get for the theme. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with this, and this is one of those movies that I'm not gonna give a small number of beers to because I want to have a rip snorting good time uh, while I'm watching it. I love Rodney Dangerfield movies back in the day. He's hilarious. Uh, you know, everybody fell in love with him with Caddyshack, and then all the way up to Ladybugs. He was just he was hilarious. Even in Little oh, Nicky, yeah. he was in it for five minutes. And you're like scene stealer. I forgot about that. Yeah, he like changed his face or something, and he just had like the quick cameo. Yeah, that may have been his. That may have been his last role. He was uh, in Hell with uh, with Adam Sandler. So that, maybe it was his last movie role. He's been gone for quite a while. Yeah. But this movie's hilarious. My favorite part is when uh, he actually gets Kurt Von- Thornton Mellon gets Kurt Vonnegut to show up and help him write his Kurt Vonnegut paper. That's so awesome. Yeah. So you're like, it's the Kurt Vonnegut, but I'm gonna give this, and this is going to be kind of a throwback to a few weeks ago, but I'm going to give this two six-pack of tall boys of uh, Narragansett because I'm going oh, yeah. to be sucking them down sucking them down real fast <laughs> uh, during this movie. If you've never seen it, it's worth it. it's worth a shot. It doesn't hold up. It holds up about as well as Caddyshack where everything's a little bit dated. Oh, yeah. You know? Okay. And you watch, I, you watch like a 4K movie now and you go back and watch some of the early 80s comedies like Porky's and you think, wow, did they, what did they shoot this on a Samsung? Is it borderline offensive? Yeah, there's some stuff that doesn't age well. But, okay. you know, dude, you go back and watch some of the early '80s classics, like the comedies. You're like, wow, dude, this, like, whoo, the things they get away, away with. Like, even Porky's. The, you know, this this was a PG-13 movie back in the day. Pretty in Pink. I want to say it's PG, and she drops an F bomb or yeah. something right right there uh, in the like one of the first scenes. I've actually never seen this one. Big surprise. It's really right. funny, but it's also not a movie you're going to rope your wife into seeing. Okay, so I have like, to watch it by myself. Probably. Like, oh. hey, babe, you want to sit back and watch Rodney Dangerfield and Back to School? Just just reading about the plot, it sounds like it's a, like, a little bit like a little Nicky, but it's like if little, or not little Nicky, um, uh, Billy Madison. Where, yeah, very okay. much so. So he like ropes his kid into going to school, and then he's like, see, I can do it too. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah, I tell you. Uh, I would probably go with a uh, one of the fathers, the pioneers of the uh, beer industry. Uh, not not craft beer industry per se, but just beer in general. And I had this over the weekend, uh, or last weekend, and the Budweiser, the Bud Heavy Nitro Gold. How is that? It's it's actually pretty good. I meant to bring one over so you could try it, but I mean, you, you turn the can over a couple of times, it's a triple windy, turn the can over ah. three times, and then you pour it straight into the glass, and it like foams just like a Guinness does, but um, I mean, it it, it has a different mouthfeel, so it's not your typical Budweiser, but... What about actually, the taste? The taste is, is pretty solid, just like a, a Bud, but just a little more smooth. Wow. I'll have to yeah. try that. It's I always know. weird. Like They had the copper lager that was like, eh. Yeah. It was the Bud Light Platinum. Eh. Platinum was actually pretty solid. That was a, a sneaky 6%, wasn't it? Yeah. And there's one, uh, Budweiser did one a, a handful of years ago. I want to say five or six years ago, before the beer show even. The American lager, right? 
or no? Uh, I think so. It was, but it was strong. It was stronger yeah. than your normal blood heavy. So you're like, ooh, this is kind of nice. <laughs> and then, uh, and then it went away. And uh, one of the reasons we wanted to do the show this week is because we're getting a backlog of beer news. We wanted to get to some of it. And something that uh, news that broke earlier this week from one of our favorite breweries we just talked about, Founders, is ooh. they've now gotten into the hard seltzer game. I knew they would. It was a matter of time, but I didn't know how they were going to do it. I didn't know if they were just going to have Founders and work with a couple different flavors. Like everybody does, like a black cherry and a mango, yeah. and maybe even a watermelon. But well, why don't you run down the uh, the flavors they're doing because you're a little more familiar with the hard seltzer game than I am. But they, like a, a lot of craft breweries are getting into it now because it's it's another way to draw people into what you're doing. Um, so when I saw I, I saw the news break and I was like, okay, they're doing a Mas Agave premium hard seltzer, and I thought Mas Agave was, I mean, one of the best one offs. At least I thought from um, from their barrel age series. Yeah, it was it was surprisingly good. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, okay, what's this going to clock in? Are they going to have the highest hard seltzer?" Yeah, fifteen percent. What do you think of the uh, grapefruit masagave? I loved it. That's yeah. that the grapefruit masagave was honestly, I think, my favorite um, that they've released so far, just because it had it had the grapefruit complemented the tequila really, really well, and just like um, when you do tequila and, sp- and squirt. What? Tequila and squirt? Never had it. No? You know squirt? Yeah, I know squirt. Yeah, yeah do tequila and squirt sometime. Wow, all right. It's like a margarita in a glass, but like a, a little, has a little spiciness to it because it's got the... Uh, Zach Miller gets down. Yeah, that's what we used to do in college. I feel like, well, if it wasn't upside down margaritas, then it was... Uh, What's an upside down margarita? It's where you sit back in the chair, you let somebody behind you pour the uh, margarita mix and uh, the tequila in your mouth upside down. You bring your head back up, you swish it around in your mouth, and then you take a s- swallow. Crazy. Yeah, dude. The, the, <laughs> all right. All right. I can't tell you how many nights uh, I don't remember because of those. Well, if those aren't your bag necessarily, then uh, <laughs> then feel free to uh, to reach for some hard seltzer from Founders. But the, it's coming in a 15-pack. Yeah, a 15-pack that clocks in at a 4.5 per hard seltzer, which... That's pretty low. That is compared because I know that the Bud Light is five, mm-hmm. and a lot of there are some hard seltzers coming at five and a half and even six percent. Now this one has a little bit more calories, so if you're counting those, this has 110 calories, and most like to stick around to the the hundred if they can do a little less than a hundred. That's um, which is weird because you're adding less alcohol, but you're going to have more calories. Usually it's the opposite way around. The more cal- more alcohol you add to something, the more calories you get. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, they're they're releasing the strawberry flavor one. Um, and then a few others, right? Yeah, there was a... Uh, I think you shared it to our Facebook page, yeah, so if a, you want to check it out, Music to My Beers on Facebook. And the, the, the cool thing they're doing is it's a 15-pack variety pack, and you're going to get uh, strawberry, grapefruit, and lime. Ooh, the lime I could rally behind. I, and I'm not big into the lime flavor of the regular stuff, but, um, but lime, definitely into that. Strawberry... Eh. I strawberry it, for me is like blueberry. Yeah, I've, I've, the strawberry hard seltzers. It's like, eh. I've never been. Uh, strawberry M forty three is coming back out again too. I saw that, yeah. and it's not available at the tap room. It's just available at all the participating locations. Yeah, and usually it's the backwards. They're gonna like make you come to the tap room to get it, but uh, that's that's great because I'm not driving all the way to Williamston, Michigan to get a four pack of you know, strawberry M forty three. No, fingers crossed, statewide or state. State line liquor store at, at least, one. at least, hopefully. And, well, now that they sell M43 down in Indiana, because the last since uh, Strawberry M43 was released the last time, it wasn't available in Indiana, but now it is. So maybe we'll get some down here. I'd be down for that. Then we can fight over it. it. Yeah, it's fun that founders use the Masagave name for their hard seltzer because of that that and then uh, also the Barrel Runner. Both of those felt like you could almost pour them over ice. 
Yeah, Barrel Runner. I wasn't wild about Barrel Runner when it first came out. It was after it was aged a couple of years, and then we were doing a, a dinner promotion for LKT, and we had tried it, and I was like, wow, after like, I want to say two or three years, however yeah, long think, Casey it was, had it there. I think it was about two years at that point, but man, the uh, the booziness mellows out a little bit, and you actually get a lot of like rummy flavor. It was so good. Well, man. now we're really thirsty. I know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, and as soon as I can grab it, like if I see it on shelves this weekend, then I might try to grab it. And just try it. Yeah, some people might hate the fact that hard seltzers are popping up everywhere, but it's like anything else. If it gets people into your craft brewery, what do you care? Yeah, yeah. You know, because there are still people that don't like beer, that don't like craft beer, but they like the hard seltzers. So if this is a way to invite them into what you're doing and Founders is smart to do it, then uh, then go for it. I feel like diets kind of paved the way for what everybody's trying to do. You know, like even LaCroix has gotten a little classier now with like different, like two flavors instead of just the one. Yeah, well, and, and you know, we, we should even do it. Uh, maybe if we get bored around fall, we could do an NA show because I know the Heineken's got a 0.0 album. Budweiser just teamed up with Dwayne Wade. They've released their Budweiser 0.0. Oh, what if they made less than alcohol? Yeah, right. It makes you like three times as sober as you normally are. That'll be the next drink. That will be. And you heard it here first. Uh, we reserve the right to patent the idea here at Music to My Beard. Time once again for our weekly segment. We check in. We create ourselves a six-pack, and we say, hey, try this. Don't try this. Maybe these are something that might be up your alley, or this is something we'd really like to try. Uh, Zach and I go around the horn. We each pick three, and I'm going to jump in first. Uh, one of the ones that I've tried the last couple of weeks that I've been really impressed with, and I've been drinking a lot of 18th Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, is their Dank Diesel. I don't think I've had that one. It's a newer double dry hopped double IPA. It's strong. It's got that real nice malty double dry hop stankiness to it, to the finish. I love that. And it's also super strong. And, uh, and one of the things I enjoy most about 18th Street is, like, none of their stuff is too expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel yeah. like, you feel like you, I, like I can get that and something else if I feel like it. It's not going to break the bank, but uh, I thought it was just outstanding. Strong as all hell. <laughs> uh, really good. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out, it's worth at least a four-pack visit. And then, uh, you know, have a, have a, one, have two, and then uh, maybe take a snooze. And they got a couple of different locations, too. They've got the Gary location and the one uh, down in Hammond. Yeah, right? and, I've, and I've been finding a lot of 18th Street, really, at uh, the Blarney Stone on Miami. Ooh. Which is like like my sort of low key bottle shop because they do carry some stuff that not some other areas, not some other stores in the South Side uh, carry. I need to hit up a Blarney Stone because I've been seeing them popping up around, and some of their locations are really nice. There's one off of uh, McKinley. That was this yeah. old liquor store that they just kind of re. Yeah, and this one used to be Portage Wine and Spirits, and now it's Blarney Stone Miami. That's so, right. Yeah, it, and it, they have a, a, a fantastic selection. Shameless plug. I know. <laughs> right. Uh, the next beer I'm going to I'm going to throw out there. If if you have it in your cellar, now's a great time to drink it. Earlier in the week, I had a 2017 just regular Bourbon County. Oh. Yeah, I had some friends over and decided to pop one open, and man, it is it's about three years old. It's aging amazing right now. I think if you let it go a couple more years, it might lose some of the flavor a little bit, some of the complexity. But it's got just enough boozy heat where you know, like this is still a mule kick stout. Ooh. But the coffee, like the coffee and the chocolatey notes, are still all there. So it's it's drinking real good. And the last one I'm going to throw in is one you should stay away from. I mentioned it earlier, and it was just garbage, straight hot trash fire. The Bush Apple. Oh, not a fan. It was just it. I, the you know we'll start with the Natter Days. That was a funky idea that you, you're like, is this going to be good or bad? It's it delicious. Wound up being fantastic. Yeah. And then Keystone Light came up with their Keystone Lime. Yeah. And, and another good one. And that was another good one. So then Bush came out with this apple, and damn, it just it tastes like. Who do you think was asking for that? I, I, I don't know. It, it's 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 not a hard cider, but it's also like not an apple juice. It's just it's. 
I don't know. It was just garbage. When was the last time you, that you went to the bar and you were like, I want a Reds. I, I want a Reds. Red, Apple, Apple Ale. There are the guys from the commercial. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. I, I just never, I, I was never into the Apple game. It's funny. If you look at the progression of the uh, the hard ciders, because it, it was Reds and then Angry Orchard came along. Oh, yeah. Remember like six years ago how hard the commercials were? It's like, boom, some guy like kicks his ass like Reds, Apple Ale, and then yeah. Angry Orchard. If you ever watch a TV now and you catch an ad for a hard cider, Watch how subdued things have become. Like, now it's a classier, like, more laid-back drink. It's so much less aggressive and in your face. I'll take the Cidre. Yeah, I think I said, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, an Angry Orchard commercial, and it was just literally, like, just some people laughing around at a picnic table, and I'm like, wow. Mm. They used to be, like, they find, like, the angriest apple in the whole orchard. That's what gives you angry ale. Yeah, that's, uh, so those are my three. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going to throw in uh, three others. One we're very familiar with, and I want to say it's only been about two years that it's been distributed up in these parts, and I always love it. I, I, when I go down south and I actually get down to Florida, finding it as fresh as I possibly can is C- Cigar City's Highlight. Oh. I love that was really one of the first beers that it was like, okay, this is dank, and it's it's just got a really good hoppy flavor to it. And it comes in all kinds of variations. So if you do go south, you can find it in, they've got the white oak version, and I think even a couple other versions. Oh, yeah, I've had the white oak, and I've had the, the regular, but uh, it's, yeah, it's a fantastic beer. Love it. Love it. Um, on the tail end of summer, I would go for uh, Odd Sides. That's going to be the second beer on my list. The Fruit Sickles. Just because it's, I mean, you'll find them in all variations and shapes, from a pineapple mango to the strawberry and banana. And, and that's fun, too, because you might like some, you might not mm-hmm. like the others. I've got a handful that I really enjoy. Some of them I'm not too hot on, but they're always interesting. Yeah, and and, and they combine a bunch of different flavors, and they're probably, they're low enough in ABV. I want to say they're around yeah. 6% or so. Yeah, they, they even did a, like a briny version not too long ago. Really? Yeah. I have not seen that one. I I don't, it, it came and it went, so I'm guessing nobody else liked it. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. And then uh, somebody tipped us off, I want to say, on our Facebook page for the uh, Bell's Double Two Hearted making its return. Oh. That was so good last year. Yeah. That was a, a highlight of the summer. And it, I remember they kept pushing it off, and I kept thinking, okay, is this going to happen? Did something happen yeah, with it? Yeah, because it was supposed to come out in June, and we didn't mm-hmm. see it around these parts until eventually August, I think. Yeah, yeah. But it's so good. If you're a fan of Two Hearted, if you, you like Light Hearted, but Two Hearted's you know, more of your jam, the Double Two Hearted, it just it hits like Mars did. You know, Mars or the Oracle. Like those cousins oh, yeah. of Hopsland. I remember the Planet series. Yeah. Which Farms remembers. Bring it back, Larry. Yeah. Bring it back. So those are my three. It's time to split one here on Music to My Beers. And Zach provided, geez, I think the last two or three of these. So it's time for me to start pulling my weight. And uh, this one, instead of splitting one, we're each, uh, each going to have one because I have two of these. From, from Urban Artifact, it's the Vocoder. Which is a uh, an apricot blackberry Midwest fruit tart, clocking in at seven point six percent ABVs. I wonder what makes it a Midwest fruit tart. Maybe they only use fruit from the Midwest. Oh, yeah. There's some. Or maybe this kind of tart wouldn't fly on the West Coast or the right. East Coast. <laughs> huh. Interesting. So the vocoder changes sound of music. Um, who uses? Does um, Peter Frampton does he use a vocoder? That's a talk box. But I know okay. what you're ta- I know what you're talking about. This is like. When uh, like early '80s rap guys would be like, bah, 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 "Dance to the beat," and it was like a robot voice. Kanye West, 808s and heartbeats. Stuff, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says it says the Midwest fruit tart has 1,600 pounds of apricots, 1,200 pounds of blackberries, 30 grams of vanilla beans per 30 barrel batch. So let's uh, mm. cheers, let's cheers it out here. 
It's got almost wow. a real wine type nose to it, doesn't it? It does. When I took a, a sniff, I was like, I definitely got the blackberries. I don't get a whole lot of apricot, but I think that might balance a, out the blackberry yeah, tartness. That, that's a real mild flavor to me, anyhow. Like if you ever eat an apricot, you're like, okay, okay. I get it on the back end though. Yeah, I really, I like, I get like a dryness to it. Mm. It's funny because blackberry is not a real punchy upfront berry either. It's not like a raspberry or, uh, or or a cherry. It's sort of like sort of laid back a little bit. Well, blackberries are hit or miss for me. Sometimes they're like really good and sweet right off the vine, and other times it's like ooh, that's tart, and I'm not into it. And it's got kind of like that seediness, like where you get the seeds stuck in your teeth. Yeah. Which that that I'm almost I'm getting that from this, but it's it's so juicy. That's that's the other thing about this. It is even the coloring. It's got that purple like this is like the stuff they would spill on the white carpet and the carpet cleaning infomercial. Like it gets out tough stains. Like <laughs> yeah. when mom's spilling her wine everywhere. <laughs> so this clock's in at a seven point six. Yeah, and you don't really taste it. It's it's almost it's right in the same wheelhouse as Two Hearted as far as potency. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think is really weird they put on the uh, the back of the label next to the ABV. It's got three point four pH. That is, I, I gotta ask my brother about that because hit me with it, nerd. Tell me what it's for. I, I think pH is something like water goes into it is a big per- thing with brewing, brewing and stuff. Well, I know it's an acidity thing because I've yeah. got pH strips that I'll stick in the pool right behind us because we're poolside at my house. Mm-hmm. Holla, yeah. And it'll tell me, you know, if it's if it's too acidic or if I need to add chlorine or if it's if there's you know the alkalines are off. So I wonder if, if that's. In reference to the water they put in, or it's the actual like taste and body of the beer. Oh, that I I didn't think about that. Um, that who runs around saying I want a beer that's somewhere between a three and a five pH <laughs> level. Did you well? Did you notice the scale though too? The less sour to more sour scale that they have there. Oh, that's nice. It's right there, sort of in the middle. So it depends. Like if you're like if you're into the sour beers and you like the the tartness, the pucker up type beer, I would say this one's for you. If you're into kind of a more I would say like a sequential from... Yeah, and um, I don't know if you saw... Somebody shared on the Music to My Beers Facebook group this week that Aldi's is doing their own. It looks very much like the Dogfish Head uh, Black Lime Sea Salt Sequench. Do you think Sam Colon's going to go all Greg Cook on him and be like, oh, lawsuit? I, I don't know, but the, even the can design is sort of right there, but mm-hmm. it's a, they're doing like a Key Lime Sour, which I'm you know, I'm a big Aldi's fan, so I'm going to stop by. Aldi is fun because they've got, they've got some decent beers now. They've got some Revolution, but they've also got those weird, like, where was this made? Where right. does this come from? <laughs> you know, I'll 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 ride or die for Hoplift four packs of IPA there for for the rest of my life. They're seven bucks. They taste fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and and they're not so like expensive or hard to get that you feel bad about spilling water or you know having a buddy over and having them having them go through your stash in the fridge. Well, you're talking about uh, what was it a couple weeks ago at Aldi's? They have the uh, like almost like an all day knockoff where it's like a sessionable IPA. Yeah, yeah, I had that. Yeah. It was it was pretty great as well. Nice. I got to try that one. That's going to be my hot take for the craft beer community. Don't sleep on Aldi, y'all. Yeah, get in there. Get it on the, the small little rack that it is. Yeah, you know? oh, it's, it, like it, it's tiny. Friday. but And then they've got some revolution tucked up front. But uh, mm-hmm. there's our split one for the week. And we are in the portion of the program where it's my turn to take the mic. And, uh, well... I've had a really good time. Thanks for having me over at your backyard. Hey, perfect. Yeah, I thought uh, they're not going to listen to the studio, but we'll do one better. Do it poolside. Yeah, social distance around the pool with the microphone. Plus, if we're in the studio when we're done, we can't take our shirts off and take a dip. That's right. Yeah. After this urban artifact of a coder, I'm planning on you know taking two dips, three. Yeah, this is a this is low key strong. I like Mm -hmm. it. I feel it coming on. So I I hope we didn't hope we didn't you know. 
This entire show has been a news and notes. Okay, to be I was going to say, because I was like, we got Bourbon County coming out. Here's I didn't this. know about Bourbon County going into it, but then you tipped me off about that, that article that came out earlier, like last week. Yeah. Um, but I had nothing on that, but the Masagave thing, I was I was looking forward to. And and so that, we've got the founders Masagave, they're doing the hard seltzer thing, and that's coming out. Yeah, and I don't know if, I'm, if it's like a fever dream thing, but the last time I, I took the, the motorcycle to Kalamazoo, I stopped at Bell's and bought a shirt and a couple of other things. Ooh. I seem to remember them having a canned hard seltzer there. Really? In the in the uh, the general store. I may have imagined it, but I, I remember looking at it thinking like, ah, and passing. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Larry Larry Bell has created, I think he was on the Sour Game before a lot of other breweries are on the Sour yeah. Game. But they just don't mass produce it. Like, I know that their, uh, their official, um, the Hazy IPA that they released, that came way after all the other breweries were doing the Hazy stuff. Yeah, it did certainly seem like they relate to the game as far as like the the not super majors but still pretty big breweries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like if he's going to do something, he's going to invest in it and he's going to do it well. And I do like how has. they went the, the hazy route with the official, but then like founders went the juicy route with the unraveled. Yeah, yeah. I I forgot about un- I always forget about unraveled. I, I thought unraveled was okay. It, you know, it was. It was you know. It's all right. It's yeah. all right. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of bells, um, it'll there's... get you drunk. <laughs> um, they're doing a virtual hoppy 5K and stroll. Oh. Which, so they're even, you know, trying to be um, aware of, you know, the current times and these craft breweries just won't let us stop running. I know. I, I I'm why are you always to... trying to get us to run and bike craft beer? I'm trying to figure it out because I'm like, okay, so that it runs from September 21st through the 26th, and um, they said save the dates because the registration info and details are coming soon. So I wonder if you do the virtual 5K, if you like can prove that you did a virtual 5K, you take it in there, and then you get I don't know a free beer at the end of the race or at the end of your run or something like that they just said note this is a virtual event you choose the course so i just like to walk in there all sweaty like i did it look at me i did 5k from down the road yeah i want a beer (laughs) got to the general store um and then uh the last thing that i was going to mention is record store day it's coming up it's going to actually be this coming Saturday, um, but they're going to space it out based on like the social distancing thing. So they want to make sure that everybody can come in and get their fair shake at, at the latest releases of, of records or the special editions and stuff like that. But Dogfish Head has always been the record store beer, and I even have like a compilation of songs that Sam Cologne came up with, like his own like beer to my music or something like that. And I was like, yeah. I wonder if he took that from us. Mm. But um, doubtful, but all right. I know, I know. <laughs> but this year, they're um, they're doing a uh, dogfish head with. Um, it, it's going to be a special release called the Copenhagen, a Danish style rye pilsner. With have you ever heard of this rock band, Galaxy Five Hundred? No, it was it, a car, but I, yeah, it's a. There's Galaxy an album coming out with these these guys. I I I couldn't tell you what their music is even about. It looks like they were from like the '80s. So I learned a long time ago that that uh, beer guys like brewers and the guys that work at breweries are seven thousand miles ahead of me as far as music tastes. They look like the Cure, don't they? Yeah, you know, like they band? absolutely do. <laughs> yeah. So we can look out for that release of this limited edition beer, and and they've got a vinyl coming out as well. So. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the Gustin Hua for our first. I kind of, you know what? 
Not to like hate on being in the studio, but I I kind of preferred this a little Let's bit. Let's do this. Yeah, because like you can't just go pee in the yard on a <laughs> at the studio. You have to use the bathroom, and there's not a huge beer fridge. So we, this may be something we do again in the future. We'll, we'll just call it like our backyard series or something. But um, from my backyard for music to buy beers, it's Zach, it's Cluck, and we will see you hopefully next week. Cheers. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.